0: it's kind of like asking the question well what is an algorithm break it down for me or what is the internet tell me what the internet is and define it for me right most of us have an idea of what it is and how and and how we can use it that's the more important thing in my opinion right because you don't need to understand the the guts of the internet to be able to use the internet
1: okay this episode blows my mind I know a little bit about NFTs now, and you will too after this episode, and it's funny. I was like, okay, Kristen, talk to me like I'm a five-year-old for about 20 minutes. We went for 40 because there is a lot to it, and I had a few questions after she would answer something, but she did a really good job of dumbing this stuff down for me, and I'm interested in learning more. Like I told her, when I have some more time on my hands, hopefully this summer, I may reach back out to you to learn a little bit more. And it is interesting. And this is one of those things. We were talking after we recorded the podcast. I said, to me, this sounds like, oh, I should have invested in Amazon 10 years ago. Or I should have invested in Facebook 10 years ago. She said, that is exactly what this is like. It's like the stock market and this is an online stock market and the NFTs are in their infancy. So you got to start now. So we got to start understanding what the hell they are. And that's what you're going to learn in this episode. So here is Kristen Roberts. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a
0: ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson.
1: Kristen, welcome to Become a Media Maven. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you because I have no idea what you are going to talk about. So you're gonna pretend that I am a five year old, like a babe in the woods, right? (laughs) Yeah, for the next 20 minutes or so pretend I am the dumbest person you've ever met. Because when it comes to NFTs, that is what I am. So First, break down what the hell they are. And then I'm probably going to have a lot of questions after you just tell me what they are.
0: Yeah. And so this is, I I like that question because a lot of people, for the most part, we hear what the definition is. And so when I, when people ask me that, I usually say, well, what do you want to know about them? Instead of asking me what it is, because I tend to say, I can tell you it stands for non-fungible token. I can tell you what non-fungible means. I can tell you what a token is. Um, but you still may not be any closer to understanding what the purpose is of them, right? So, still not after you
1: told me that you're right.
0: Right. So (laughs) really it's kind of like asking the question, well, what is an algorithm break it down for me? Or what is the internet? Tell me what the internet is and define it for me. Right. Most of us have an idea of what it is and how, and, and how we can use it that's the more important thing in my opinion right because you don't need to understand the the guts of the internet to be able to use the internet right like,
1: okay so then tell me how you use nfts yeah
0: that's a way better <laughs> question so think of an nft like a digital ownership certificate so if you own something it's recorded usually if you own something physical, right, you can have the thing, right? You've got the thing in your hand, a pair of shoes, for example. You've got your shoes in your hands, you know what shoes are. With an NFT, you can actually digitize the ownership of a physical thing, or you can can create a record of ownership of a digital asset. So, in terms of using NFTs, it's a way to verify digital ownership through a token that is recorded on the blockchain. So the way you're able to verify that ownership is through the blockchain. And the blockchain,
1: all that is. Next question. You are, next you're already going. Because that's the blockchain, that the right? Next
0: one. <laughs> and the blockchain, if you just think of it as. You remember those? I, I'm I'm old or older. I don't want to say I'm old because I'm I'm beautiful and young. I'm not old, but um I'm older than most people on the internet these days. Um I'm definitely a millennial and elder millennial. Um I'm like the Oregon Trail generation.
1: <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah, That's right. Bye, so like, today. Um, <laughs> I'm with you.
0: <laughs> and so what winds up happening is is like you know, you know I start kind of like giving these examples and people are like. What is that like? And I'm like, oh, yeah, we had. I used to have like a phone that you could like pull the thing out and be like, hello, you know, with the cord and all of that. So, um, but if you think of a checkbook, do you remember a checkbook? Yeah, you remember, checkbook? I still have a checkbook, okay. yeah. <laughs> we have checkbooks still? but do you remember how we used to have to balance our checkbooks and you yes. would record it on that ledger? Uh-huh. Right? It is the same idea, except it's a digital ledger. So the blockchain is a ledger that records all of the transactions that happen on it. So it's the record keeper for when your NFTs get bought and sold. And that's how you can track who has bought what. Now, when I say who, I don't mean you, Christina. I mean your digital fingerprint. So your digital fingerprint is going to be your wallet address. So there is a public wallet address for your digital wallet that holds your NFTs. And that digital wallet, every time you buy or sell an NFT, that digital wallet address is public, but not your personal information, right? So it's just like, hey, my my digital wallet account number is blah, 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 it's like a big string of numbers and that shows up in the blockchain so when you look at the blockchain you're like oh this wallet bought this nft on this day so you can see the entire purchase history and ownership records of those nfts at the time that they are bought sold and even created so when they are initially minted created Um, They'll show up on the blockchain as, okay, minted on this day. And then it shows that transaction and where it went on the ledger. So not only does it show you who owns them, and it shows that it's that digital ownership certificate, but it also can show you and give you some insight into whether or not certain transactions are scammy or legitimate, right? Because as you start to see, let's say there's one digital wallet and they've bought all of the NFTs from a collection. You can see, oh, that collection really didn't sell out. Instead, it was that one wallet that bought them all to make it look like it sold out, right? So it gives you transparency. The blockchain gives you transparency into the transactions.
1: Okay, I understand blockchain. I got yeah, that. That was, a really good, that was a really good description. I'm still confused on what nfts are so could you give me an example
0: okay i gave this example and it was funny i gave this example and then not two weeks later the example i gave showed up in real life and i was like it's a thing now (laughs) (laughs) you know what a vending machine is right yes okay so when you go to a vending machine you put your money in the vending machine and you put your code in and Mm -hmm. the thing that you code in correlates to the thing that exists inside the vending machine. You can think of an NFT transaction similar to that, where you are going. So think of the actual machine as the blockchain. You go to the blockchain and you enter in what you want, right? So maybe it's OpenSea even. So you're going to the place where you buy, right? You enter in what you want. So that's your transaction. That's recording it on inside the vending machine. So when you push that, but those buttons, you put your money in and you push those buttons, the machine records what you're buying. That's the blockchain. I okay? got that, but what am I buying? You are buying a digital asset. So the digital aspect of it can be affixed to certain things in different ways. So the important thing for you to think about is it's a digital asset. So the digital asset can be correlated to a real thing, or a physical asset, or it can just be the digital asset that you're buying. So anything that can be digitized can be an NFT. So I have an online course, is that an NFT? I am so glad you said that. Okay, (laughs) so the way businesses are using NFTs in connection with things like courses and websites and stuff like that is access pass. So you know when you sell a digital course, um, typically, you sell through like a third party provider, like your, the transaction yeah. is teachable, through, teachable, whatever. And then you host your content on those sites. And typically when somebody buys, they get a um, like, congratulations, you bought, here's your login information. And then right. they log into that site. Imagine if you didn't have those third party middlemen. Instead, if they buy your NFT, and you have a Web3 capable website, meaning the site will lock into your um, uh, digital wallet. So that's what Web3 means, Web3 enabled. It just means that your website has the capability of reading the fact that you have a wallet and what's inside your wallet. You go to the website and you say, hey, I want to log into this program or this course. I wanna access this course. So they go to your website I want to access, click the button, access here. We need to verify that you own the NFT and they will read your wallet and see that that NFT is in your wallet. And then you will be granted access to your content without needing it to be through Teachable or through these middlemen companies. Um, And the cool thing about it is there, so you're probably going, well, we can already do that through Teachable. Why do we need an NFT to do that? Right, So it's like, well, why do we need this? Why I like my third party, it works. What makes the NFTs a superior delivery method of that content? It makes it superior because right now, the way we're doing things in Web2 with these third parties where they're hosting our content is when people are granted access because they buy, right? So they buy your course and then you're given the access information. That access information, you're just trusting that they're not gonna give it to somebody else. You're just trusting, you know, there is a degree of trust there, right? Because yes, your terms and conditions say you will not do this and this, or yes, you say the IP belongs to you. Yes, they can, but that's all action that you have to take and things that you have to monitor. People are more likely to protect something if it's making them money. And NFTs have the ability to do that, because not only are you giving them this digital asset that is used as an as a ticket almost, to enter into your content, to access your content, that digital asset has its own intrinsic value. And so when people own the NFTs, if you only issue a small number of them, now those are the only people who have access to your content. So let's say they're done. They're like, hey, I did all of your videos. It was great, but I don't really need this content anymore. Now they can sell the NFT themselves, make money off the sale of that NFT, and you can get a cut from that sale.
1: Oh, so So it's almost like they're an affiliate after that. Oh,
0: Without needing all of those programs, and it's programmed into the smart contract to automatically divvy up that money so you don't even have to deal with it.
1: Hmm. Okay. Okay. So I get that example, but I've heard of NFTs. Like I heard somebody turned a tweet into an NFT and I, and I'm like, why don't you just screen grab it? And then you have it. Like, I don't understand. That's a great
0: question. So that's what you're actually asking is what are the different types of NFT projects that are out there? Yes. Thank Yeah. Okay. So what you just mentioned um, is one that, so I, they're called different things. So when we just have, and I don't want to say just, but when we have art that is digitized, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Like you could screen grab it, turn it into an NFT and sell it. Right. Um, and I think that was Jeff Dorsey's first tweet, right? It was like his first tweet that he turned into an NFT and sell it. Um, and so that, those tend to be tied to nothing in the real world. Those tend to just be, um, what i call clout nfts um so people that buy them go i got the first one um they're often known as pfps profile pictures where people can use them as their um you know avatars so like hey this i bought this board eight for example because i want to show that i have it but the nft world is really kind of similar to the stock market in a lot of respects i don't want to say it is because nfts can actually be a security they can be a um they can be an asset they could be an artwork a collectible they can be so there's all different ways you can categorize nfts depending on what the nft's purpose is so if the purpose of the nft is just to show that you have it then yes i agree with you those are kind of like well why not just screen grab it why not it's really about the community right it's about the clout of owning it like i own this only one of one nft and it you know what i mean so that's that's kind of the kind that you're thinking of is sort of these clout nfts that are not really there to do much except for exist um same goes for some of the art ones the early art ones but very quickly what legitimate project developers were seeing was this opportunity to tie them to some kind of utility. So that being access to things like software, for example, is a really big one. Gaming is another really big one. For example, um, I know uh, Fortnite is a really big game in the like um, console world. And um, in Fortnite, you can buy things like skins and potions and or I don't know. If, I, I don't play. So I just know I, what I, I don't either. But I understand what you're saying. you know So there's in-game purchases that you can make that you use real money to buy. And once you buy those things, you can't resell them. You can't like do anything with them. Whereas if instead... In these games, so NFTs in gaming right now they're It's already blowing up. It's a big deal. We've got deals like we're seeing deals with Sony happening, like big names are getting into the NFT space. And that's because it can allow for the game ecosystem to almost like run itself. Um, so let's say you buy a um, an NFT. Let's say in Fortnite we're using the same example. Let's just say the Fortnite game example, instead of just purchasing it with cash, Um, and then only being able to have it for yourself and not really being able to do anything else. Let's say instead these things that you can buy in, in game are actually rare. There's like only 50 of them available or only 100 of them available and you're buying them as NFTs that you can then either decide to collect for yourself and then use in the game, in which case the NFT will do what's known as burning. So you'll use it and then the NFT disappears and goes away or you can sell them and the more rare each one little piece is. It's almost like you're creating your own sort of collectible universe Um, and you're building this portfolio that has real world value. So instead of just buying all of these in game assets that you're just shelling money out for and they don't really do anything for you except as it relates to your gaming, you're actually creating assets for yourself that not only are usable in the game, but you can also resell for real money.
1: Okay, I get it. I get it. Now that you explained it, like in the software and gaming space, I get it. So tell me who sells them and who buys them. What kind of people do this?
0: All kinds of people. So we're seeing artists, a lot of artists, um, and these are more for like the PFP stuff. But one thing I really... failed to mention that I think is really amazing in terms of what the art space is doing with this. This isn't just slapping up a picture on OpenSea or, you know, throwing something haphazardly together. These are um, intricate projects that have roadmaps that people that you're building community around and people are vested in seeing succeed because if the project succeeds, you also succeed. Because you have, a, it's almost like you're investing in a company to some degree, right? So
1: is it like marketing for artists? Like it's how they get
0: attention? Well, it that's one way. But really, what artists are doing in the NFT space—that's amazing—is they are using the proceeds to um, basically support organizations and causes that are um, meaningful to them. So one of the projects that I'm working with right now, um, Meta Women and FT2 and the Meta Club, they are doing this art project and they are, um, once they hit a certain percentage of sales, they are going out, they are taking that percentage of, a certain percentage of those sales at a certain, um, once they reach a certain level of sales, a percentage of those sales is going to Girls Who Code. So, so you're able to make these partnerships it's almost like you're kickstarting without having a middleman kickstarter um you know sort of okay i'll dole the money out right there's no sort of there's no sort of middleman doling the money out the smart contract is programmed to know and i'll tell you what a smart contract is in a second but the the program uh, it programming inside of the nft tells It it says, once we hit this percent, you'll give this much ether to this company over here. So it's really smart. It's smart. That's why people are like, okay, Kristen, we want to hire you to draft a smart contract. I'm like, program develop, you need a developer. You don't need a lawyer. Um, You need a lawyer to understand kind of the general terms. So I'm starting to like look at smart contracts and see what's like, okay, that's an execute function. Okay, that's a, um, you know, so there's like there's certain things that you can like start to see, but I don't speak the language. It's solidity. It's like a, it's like its own language. It's like saying C plus plus. I'm like, I don't do any of that. So I don't, I don't know, but you can start to kind of get an idea of what the execution looks like um, in terms of what the plan is for those contracts for the smart contracts. Um, so you at least know what's happening. Um,
1: but so it you, is really you cool. said program developer. Does that mean if you want to make an NFT, you're like, It's like code, and you need a program developer to make one. No, so you do not need
0: a any kind of developer um, to make one. But this comes with a big but. Right now, we are headed into a bear market um, in terms of NFTs, which means the market is starting to dip, and people are getting. And this is because there are a lot of scams happening. This is kind of like the dot com boom we saw in the '90s, when there were just all these websites out there right it was like .com .com and everyone was buying up all these sites and selling them off and making all this money and then it just burst and it crashed so i've been saying from the beginning that we are going this is the beginning of this technology this is not the end iteration of this technology and so the reason i've always focused on things with utility as opposed to just sort of social clout and things like that is because Utility at least ties you to something tangible that you're getting, whereas the other types of projects are relying on the interest of the community at large. And so once that starts to once you start to lose trust of your community, that project is going to bottom out. And so with a lot of these art projects we're seeing, um, we're seeing a lot of them flop or even some projects tying themselves to utility where the utility hasn't been developed yet. We're seeing a lot of that where, um, oh, if you buy this NFT, we're going to develop this software because we're using that money to kickstart, right? So we need that money in order to pay our developers to develop this next step of the platform that we envision will look like this. That has been, um, that's where really where we're seeing people getting upset because it's sometimes what happens is the project will mint out or sell out and all of this money will go into the treasury. So there's like, million dollars worth of ether in the treasury and the owners will just take all the money and then rug everybody and that's called a rug basically where they just disappear and then the project goes away um and so we're seeing that happening more and more and people are starting to get squirrely and scared rightfully so um there are still really good projects that you can invest in but you have to really do your due diligence. Doing that due diligence into the team, are they doxed? Meaning, do you know who they are? Are they saying who they are as people so that you can actually sue them if they rug you, right? Because there are lawsuits right now happening. They're filing, they're, um, the DOJ is going after people for wire fraud now um, for, rug, for doing this kind of slow rug um, or rug pulling people. And so, you know, I want to invest in projects where I know who's behind them Um, I want to invest in projects where the utility is pretty clear. It's not some like pie in the sky. Maybe this is going to happen. There's already pretty clear steps that this technology already exists and, you know, things like that. Um, But but that's not to say that you're never going to get scammed. And so, um, you know, you have to I
1: mean, that could happen offline too, Like, and it
0: happens online, yeah. right? I mean, it happens right, even right. in you get your, you know, you buy a program and you're like, man, I feel like I was scammed because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I got so there. So I really do think we need to toe the line between is it a scam? Or did you just not get what you thought you were hoping to get right? So there is sort of a a range, I think, you know, in yeah, terms yeah. of, of um, this sort of thing happening, but no, you do not need a developer to throw something up online, but to do a project in a way, if you're trying to make money, which if any artist tells you, oh no, I don't care. I just want it out there. I'm like, then just put your art out there. Don't <laughs> do an NFT because NFT projects will follow you. So if you just throw a project up on OpenSea and OpenSea I'm referencing because it is the larger, largest user base. There's also Solana, there's other ones. Um, But I like, in this space, like I mentioned, this technology is in its infancy, early stages. When you are an early adopter of tech, it is imperative that you follow the trends, that you be a sheep. Don't be a maverick. Don't go out there and be like, oh, yeah, you know, can you make money, uh, make the millions of dollars on your first project, just putting five art pieces up online sure is that going to happen probably not it's kind of like saying oh i'm launching this course and i have nobody interested in it and no audience and nobody am i going to make a million dollars on my launch probably well, not is right. it is it possible i mean sure is it likely hell no you know like that is not you know so there are there's a strategy and a, and a way a method that most people follow with nft projects same as there is a strategy and a method that most coaches and online course creators follow when launching something
1: so when you say OpenSea, that's where people buy and sell nfts right. is it? Mm-hmm. Is that like a website is that the yeah it's a marketplace openc.io okay. Okay. It's a marketplace. Got it. Now I have software. I have software called Podcast Clout and people buy it through a subscription. They either subscribe to six months or 12 months. So it sounds like I could create and sell an NFT to give people access to Podcast
0: Clout. Potentially. It depends on if the web access or the web hooks will allow you to program that in if it's web three. Web3 okay, enabled.
1: like the technology but, on the back end.
0: that's to. why you need a developer. So typically Got the it. way these projects, with these, these NFT projects work is you first you test the market. So you build community first, right? It's kind of like a launch, right? Yeah. So think of launching anything. When you launch something, you want your community there. If you all... Successful NFT projects have a greater chance of being successful if you already have an audience built in. So... In my opinion, this is right for like influencers and creators that already have large audiences and large followings. Um, but you also have to be careful because a lot of these influencers are doing these sort of slow rugs and pump and dump schemes where they'll like build something up and get their whole audience to buy and then they buy and then they're like peace, like thanks for the money. Um, and so there is a lot of, um, of of ability to be smarmy in this space. Um, and it is about finding the right communities. Um, and oftentimes those come from prior projects. So a lot of projects, um, uh, project developers and project owners or founders, they will collaborate with other projects and they will give passes to buy. So the way that most of them are structured is um you will they will gauge the interest by doing sort of like a pre-sale, kind of like you do, right? In a in a launch, the presale is also known as a whitelist, which I I hate that term, but they call it whitelisting. So if you ever see a a WL or whitelist, that's what they mean. So they basically are picking people and saying, you've got the opportunity to buy first. You're going to buy first. So they give you this ability to buy first. And that drives demand because only a certain number of them are going to be available once the public mint happens. So the allow list or WL. Um, that's sort of the first step, but that's even before most people even know what they're going to get when they mint an NFT. So it's kind of like, ooh, what am I getting? It's like a pre-sale of, you know, something exciting. And I, I know it's going to be kind of this because they've te- they've teased pictures of what they're going to look like. Some of the art is getting teased, that kind of stuff. Um, so you're, that's all marketing, right? That's all marketing. And most of that happens in discord. Um, and so you, the communities are really big in Discord. And so you start to kind of pump your Discord server, people start to join the Discord server. They wanna get their spots for minting and then the the allow list has their date to mint. They mint and then if, and oftentimes what happens is if there's enough interest and it's a big enough project, it will typically mint out with off of just the allow list. And then, now you can see how that, now you can see the value start to go up and at that time it's sort of like if you can get on that allow list, you are typically getting sort of first access to buy. And that's and those typically come from you being involved in the communities so often the allow list spots come up because you are either ranked high in the discord server by participating and chatting with people or right so you're basically rewarding people for continuing to be involved.
1: Got it. So it is like this. It's like the digital stock market, the way you just explained it. It really is. Okay. It really is. This it's obvious. I'm understanding it a lot better. Still a little complicated. Can I just ignore this and move on with my life? Why should people care?
0: You can ignore it and just move on with your life. But what we're seeing happen in this space and you know me, I'm an intellectual property attorney. So that's really where I focus, um, my, my efforts and Ownership of intellectual property is a huge issue, especially in the digital space, because um, it's appropriated and stolen and snatched so frequently and so easily, right? And so if you want to ignore this space, you can, but what might happen is somebody might take your IP and turn it into an NFT and you might not be aware of it. And then if you try to get into that space to do it, you can find that your project, maybe your name is already taken, your brand is already gone, it's already up on lot, right? So it may not be your stuff, but it could be your brand, it could be your logo, it could be anything else that is related to an NFT and it could even be a totally unrelated project, but now you're sort of like, well, how do I launch my project under the same name if I want to, right? So it can, can create confusion and it can create issues for branding, trademarks, copyright, licensing, all of that stuff. And we're seeing that happen actually right now. So there is a company um called StockX. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they I'm not a sneakerhead, but this is like a it's like a sneaker marketplace where you can like go buy and sell um shoes online. And one of the biggest obviously the biggest um sources of revenue for buying and selling these shoes is Nike. Um, And so people will buy their Nike shoes and then put them up for sale on StockX. And then you will buy the shoe, a collector will buy those shoes, and then you ship it to them. So what StockX did, which was really cool, was they said, well, most of these sneakerheads don't actually wear the shoes. Most of these sneakerheads buy them, and then they just, like, keep them in their packaging, and they keep them, like, all, you know, vaulted up. So they created an NFT project called Vault, and the vault project was a picture of the shoes an nft of a picture a jpeg of the shoes that you were buying in real life but you got an nft to show your ownership of those shoes so you could do one of two things you could either burn the nft and have stock x ship you the shoes and then you have and then you get to keep the shoes i own the shoes or you could keep the nft and Stock X would store your shoes in their controlled temperature controlled vault. That's why the NFT project was called Vault. Nike got bent out of shape. They were like, nope, can't do that. And what was protecting Stock X from this, you know, trademark issue originally was the doctrine of first sale. Because once you buy something, you are allowed to resell it by law without infringing a trademark but not digital stuff. You can't do that with digital items. So there's all these people creating, oh, I'm selling my Hermes bags, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And um, the, there was like a Birkin collection and Hermes sued them for infringement. So you can ignore it, but if you care about your intellectual property and where this is headed in the future, which is all digital marketplaces, all digital online everything, you may wake up and find that your brand has already been bitten by somebody else starting some weak project in the metaverse and now you're like wait all of my work i'm ready to move into that space now and i can't so no you don't have to you don't you can ignore it but it's a good idea to at least understand what's happening and also what's happening in your space so if something happens where there's infringement you can address it or if you want to jump into the space you're ready
1: And how do you get in the space? How do you learn a little more, learn a little bit more from, you know, this conversation you want to take it to the next level. You want to get in the space. What are people's next steps after listening to this podcast?
0: Well, I have a free Facebook group if anybody's interested in joining. That's called NFTs for Noobs, and I'll send you the link so that you can drop that. Um, you know, when the podcast goes live, and then I also just um, wrapped a course and will be launching that on Evergreen, and that's called NFTs for Noobs as well. And that walks you through; it gives you six one-hour lessons that basically just gives you the full background on everything that we just talked about today. So use cases; it goes in more in depth. How they're being used across industries, where we're seeing them, where they're going in the future, how to keep yourself safe, how to spot scams, all of that is um, uh, is in that course.
1: That's amazing. Have you personally – so you are an intellectual property attorney, so you help people protect their shit on – on the blockchain or in the blockchain in the metaverse in the metaverse <laughs> and also in
0: real life right so and in real yeah yeah real i life. mean
1: everywhere everywhere now do you have any nfts have you created bought or sold any okay tell me i
0: am more of a so i i am actually going to do an nft project but i am working through a roadmap that makes sense so again this is all about project building so if you ha- you need to have a plan you can't just Here you go right to create
1: and sell one exactly so
0: in my in my esteem um it's not smart to just put i could just launch a project tomorrow but nobody would likely buy it and then and then that project follows me so any other project i try to launch under that name or under my branding everyone's gonna see that old kind of janky project that i started with and people are more apt to think of me as a scammer because they see this sort of like weird one that was sort of like hanging around in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am considering doing a project, but I'm building out the roadmap, and I want to make sure that it makes sense first before doing that. Um, but more importantly, I own a few that are awesome. I am I'm in the 8.1 project uh, that I'm really interested in. It's this weird love story. <laughs> it tells a story with the with the pieces uh, with the NFTs, and it also goes to support animal rights, which I you know I like animals and all that. So I have two dogs. Um, and then, um, I'm in another project called the BFF project, so I have the friendship bracelet. That is one of the bigger projects that's been launched, um, by, um, the BFF team, which is like a bunch of famous people and people just trying to get, um, if you know Brit Co, um, yeah. Brit, Brit founded that. And so, um, she and her partner do that and they're making it more accessible to people. That's also a great resource to check out. Their Discord server gives you a lot of information as well for free, Um, and so I own that. I'm invested in that project as well, Um, and then a few others. So yes, I'm very interested in this space. I love, oh, Builder is really cool. (laughs) So um, that actually gives you, buying their NFT gives you access to their website builder tools that include Web3 capabilities. So it's really cool. Um, and so, yeah, I, I am really interested and invested in this technology myself, personally. I think it's going to change the way um, people own and deliver content. And um, I'm, we're already seeing it happening. And I definitely think there may be some tweaks and changes along the way. But I do see this as as truly a the future of, of these things.
1: And is the end goal to make money? I think so. Like when you're done with these NFTs, like when you're done using them or having them. You sell them, them. You sell them. Sell so them and make money. Make just, so it really is like investing in the stock market. You're just using, I guess when you invest in the stock market, you buy stuff and then you just wait patiently. With these NFTs, you buy them, you use them, and then if you, you, want, if if you, you want, want to use them. Sometimes you don't have to use them. And also owning certain NFTs gets you
0: access to, other projects of theirs so like if there's one project that's doing really well you might want to hold on to that initial thing because it gives you the next one that they drop for free sometimes they'll just give it to you and that's free money right in your pocket and as those increase in value so like right now one of the ones that is worth the most is in my portfolio is the bff one and that bff token is worth one ether which is a little over two thousand dollars
1: Okay, hold on. We didn't talk about this. So that's like the money in the blockchain and ether. Ether is a type of cryptocurrency. Oh god, that's a whole other can of worms. Just think of it as digital money. Okay, that's digital easier. money. E-
0: digital. It's the same. So if you go to if you go to Europe, you're not going to pay with dollars. You're going to pay in euros. Yeah, but you're not like. I don't know what a Euro is. You're just like, oh, it's that country's currency. So think of it the same way. Certain NFT projects are bought with certain cryptocurrency. Um, Most of them are purchased with ether, but that's not true anymore. A lot of them now there's like soul and that's on Solana. So it depends on what blockchain you're doing business with. um, And it depends on what project you're investing in. So, yeah, and by the way, none of this is legal or financial advice because the government is trying to crack down on um people providing help to others because they're like, this is like securities work. We don't want just like anybody.
1: I bet they are so the government is so confused right now. Well, they're they're panicking, like, panicking. They're like, what the hell is this? How do we regulate it? What is
0: going on? They're panicking and they don't always have the best people advising them in those positions so I'm always like can you just get a developer or somebody who understands right? who talk I'm like I'll volunteer I volunteer oh my to gosh. You. like I will I will help you but it was like
1: is- it was like watching the hearing when Mark Zuckerberg was in there and this old guy was oh, like oh, oh if people don't pay to be on Facebook how does Facebook make money he was so your so th- data like <laughs> like i i feel like yeah this is gonna be a this is the clusterfuck okay awesome i mean is there anything else you want to add i mean i'm gonna link to the nfts for noobs and your six one-hour lessons in the show notes so people can get more information this has been like a mind-blowing yeah
0: so right now we're just um we're relaunching that as evergreen so we're just doing a sign up for that so if anybody's interested They can sign up for our our, um, to get on that list to get first access to buy it because we probably will launch it at a lower price and then just gauging on it. We might increase it. So if you're interested in just kind of jumping in in there, um, go for it. But um, I highly encourage you. I think the contents really great and all of the people who went through the first course thought it was really great. But, you know, it is a little bit intimidating if you're interested in the space. Get involved in Discord because it's one of the, and I also give a lesson on Discord, by the way. So there is a lesson in there on Discord, how to get involved and how to keep yourself safe. Um, But, you know, just don't click on anything. Don't click on links in Discord. Don't read. It's all about reading and all about what do you like? What are you interested in? Are you interested in art? If so, why? What drives you? Because that is going to make you feel the best if something doesn't pan out, right, if you're getting into NFTs to make money and you're like, I'm just going to go after all these ones that are going to make money and then they don't, you're going to be really upset. But if you get into NFTs because you're really invested in what the projects are, in the team behind them, in the artwork, in the messaging, and the project doesn't do well, then at least you, you know that you did what felt good to you and what was true to you.
1: I love that. Now, where can people go to get on the list for NFTs for noobs? I
0: will give you the web link for that, um, but it's, uh, we'll just, it's just through my website, Um, And we'll just have a little sign up for our, t- to get more information about NFTs for noobs. And then we are going to be relaunching that probably in the next couple of weeks. So okay. it's,
1: it's a lot. We're like, ah, when do we do this? <laughs> That's perfect. Okay, I'm going to link to TrestleLaw.com in the show notes, people. And then I'll link to more specifics in there as well. So people can head to the show notes and get all of the information that they need. Okay. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Okay. Is your mind blown too? Do you have more questions? Go to the show notes. Everything we talked about and more, those links that Kristen mentioned, I did update the show notes with those links. So make sure you click there and you will see everything we talked about. And if you are in the NFT space, send me a message on Instagram. I'm at Christina all day. I'm really intrigued on what people are buying and what they're selling and why. So if this is you, please reach out and let me know because I want to know what's going on with you in the NFT space as I like rack my brain on what to do here. Thank you so much for listening. I think this episode was so fun because I think I never learned as much as I ever have recording an episode than I did with this one. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I will see you again here soon on Become a Media Maven.